Hello and welcome to the Anomaly Presents podcast, the podcast about genre movies, the genre movies that inspired a genre film festival. That's the Anomaly Film Festival coming this November 3 through 6 at the beautiful and historic Little Theater in beautiful and historic Rochester, New York. My name is Matt Knotts and we are here to talk about, oh geez, it's a, you saw the title when you started listening to this, so you know what it is, but I, I will tell you this. Uh, I will introduce it using the words of the maestro himself, Guillermo del Toro. We saw him do an interview with uh, John Favreau, I think it was, in like 2011 or 2012 out at Comic-Con. And Favreau asked him, what is this next movie you're making? And he said, well, I was making From the the Mountain's Madness, and that didn't work out. So I thought, what do I want to do next? I want to make a movie about giant fucking monsters fighting giant fucking robots. And this is what we get. It is... Pacific Rim, giant fucking monsters fighting giant fucking robots. That's coming from no less than Guillermo del Toro himself. Joining me are our our Jaeger pilots, the podcastronauts, uh, drift compatible to the end. Our first, Megan Murphy. Welcome to the Shatter Dome. Yes, I'm ready. I've been thinking real deeply about my Jaeger name, but I'm not there yet. I don't think you can force it. Plus, I guess I'd only come up with one half of the name because that would only be fair. Because I'd be rude to be like, no, nah, this is what we're calling it. And then someone comes in like, we're just compatible. And I'm like, yeah, but I've already named it. And I've kind of done a whole color combo, too. We're pink. I think that'd be kind of dope. Anyway, I, that's raw, Matt. I'd be into it. Dan Howell yeah, right? is with us. So excited to talk about giant fucking robots and giant fucking monsters. Stoked. And Kristen Pelk Pacheco, welcome. Hey, everybody. I absolutely absolutely adore this movie, so I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. I, I kind of want to circle back to what, what uh, Meg was saying at first. Does everybody remember when this came out, there was that tool online that you could put your own Jaeger together and name it? What? No. No? Oh, this was a... I this I'm going to Google this. Yeah. Right I, now. I, I hope it's still out still there. still exists. <laughs> It, it was one of those things, and I don't know if it just went around in in our circle with like, you know, Matt and Adam, and but people were doing the most ridiculous ones. And my favorite one that I saw, and I think we, um, that, diarrhea touchdown was my favorite that I saw of the the Jaeger names. Um, somebody, visceral, visceral. Somebody, well, that's unfortunate. Somebody made a Jaeger. And called it Diarrhea Touchdown. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. This is this giant, ominous robot. I I guess if I'm a kaiju and I understand English, I would probably hesitate just that one second about, about like, you know, scrapping with that particular Jaeger. I'm yeah, like, eh. if, you, if you lose... I feel like your fate is very certain about what's going to come at the end of that. So, oh no, no, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Unless your kaiju no. power is like a modium, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing, nothing good is just going to result oh, no. out of that battle. It's a, it's a modius rex, just... the only thing that can stop this Jaeger. <laughs> <I'm modium. laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> the little kaijus are like you know in their you know yeah. in their little like clone making yeah. dimension just we got, this. Trying, we got it we we can build him we can rebuild him stronger oh this God. is the one that'll take down 
Yeah, we've got the, the turtle it's one, <laughs> the hammerhead shark one, the prune tree. Um, yeah. Sorry. And Pepto-Bismuth. That's the pink one. <laughs> <laughs> it just coats the city. Yeah. Oh, God, I love it. Fires right at, at Diarrhea Touchdown. He just turns completely black. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, I, I'm 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 proud of the fanfic we're writing. <clears throat> Who would have thought? I was really glad we started this episode so right. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's it, it's uh, horrific, I guess, in a way, because for fan fiction like Drift, compatible or Pacific Rim alternate U- AU's are some of my favorite. They're like a little subset. A kind of your soulmate AU because you know anybody can be your soulmate, right? Yeah. So, and literally, they're seeing everything in your mind because some soulmate stuff is a little eh, to me, but like this top tier. And I will say, I read <laughs> one that was really good yesterday. It was because of Charlie Day, and people ship, uh, you know, Newton and Herman together. It's the most popular ship on 803 for Pacific Rim. Oh, I love uh, it. There, there is a pretty decent subsect that uh, c- cut over with Sunny and Philly. So I read one about how Charlie is oh, no. literally <laughs> Newton. And when the kaiju attacked, he just peaced out of Philly. <laughs> Went and became went and became Newton. Yeah, went to school, no, and like then this. after everything was done, he found out Frank had died and came oh. back to the bar. And only Mac was there because Frank left Charlie the bar. <gasps> and so wow. I'm invested now. It was I. I couldn't stop until I was done. I <laughs> oh, okay. That's uh, amazing. I'll, I'll need the link for the notes on that <laughs> one. Let me write this down. <laughs> And, you know, Charlie is, uh, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie slash Newton, uh, he is engaged to Herman. So, you know, that whole, it's a whole thing. But anyway, love it. it was really good. And I love, love me it. a Pacific Rim AU. Oh. How do you not? It, it's such a rich universe. And I'm sad that there hasn't been more with it. There's what, the sequel and the anime? And I have not seen the anime. I think that's, I haven't either. I think that's it. Oh, there was a, there was a companion uh, prequel that came out when the first movie came out, which I was unaware of until I started doing research for this episode. Um, But I guess it's like what takes place before the first, leading up to the first kaiju. Oh. I think it would be cool to, which is, like it would be really interesting to follow those first pilots, right? Mm-hmm. Idris Elba, you know what I mean, or what, what's his name? Uh, Striker uh, Pentecost. Yeah, the names in this movie. The names are so listen. Good. We started They're coming intense. in hot with Yancey. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hot. Yancey. Yes. But that would be cool, like a prequel of them trying to rush mm-hmm. to build the Jaegers and following, you know, them the pilots getting sick because of the radiation poisoning, so, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot there. I'd, really, I'd be interested to see what, what the novel entails, because it's by the uh, uh, Travis Beachman, the, the screenwriter. 
he oh, wrote right. it. Um, so, I mean, it's from his imagination. So, I mean, it's kind of much better than the second film. Yeah. What were you going to say, Matt? No, I was just going to say the exact same thing, actually. <laughs> The, the sec- it's a shame. The second film, which is notorious a- only for being on TBS every eight minutes. Mm, it's the so it make- only yeah, thing that's ever on TV. It, it makes me sad because I saw John Boyega at Awesome Con, and he did a big panel with actually some scientists and an EP for the movie. And they kind of talked about how they worked with scientists to create the kaiju and the Jaegers and like, you know, what, you know, where they got that from. And then, you know, obviously, sometimes you just need a giant sword to cut up some monsters, but (laughs) that there was science involved in creating these things and like engineering is part of that. And it's like, but then the story just just didn't have the same heart. It turned into what I feared going to see the first one where i'm like yeah i'm just going into this to go see you know a robot and some monsters fight but then i have all these rich characters that i love and a real heartfelt story and the second one was like nah you you don't have to worry about that and we're gonna kill your favorite character have fun (laughs) (laughs) that was good news everybody we did it wrong yeah yes (laughs) i don't even remember most of the sequel other than it was not great yeah, it was it was disappointing, but let's let's not spend yeah. too much on that because we've got a much better movie to talk about. We've got the original Pacific Rim, the one that I think is about as close to a live action anime as I've ever seen. Um, yeah, just stylistically, yeah. character wise, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like it's 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 like intertwining, right? It was inspired by like evangelion and all that stuff and now it's inspiring stuff that's out now because i feel like there's kind of a through line between this and like attack on titan maybe and like it's interesting Mm -hmm. i will say it inspired this book that i just finished uh is absolutely fantastic it's called iron widow uh and it's the the way that they sell the book is uh imagine pacific rim meets uh the handmaid's tale so Really, it's. I cannot recommend it enough. If you like Pacific Rim, to pick up that book, it's really quick to get through, and the sequel is due out, I think, next year. But yes, so one hundred percent. Here we are, almost ten years later, and it was is one hundred percent still, you know, if, uh, inspiring. All sorts I, of fun stuff. I would say even the beginning of Pacific Rim rem- reminds me of some anime in that, like, here's all the history. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to tell you in a couple minutes. Don't get too caught up. We're just going to get you in the world. Just mm-hmm. enough so you're like, how do we get here? Let me tell you. And then just buy in. You know, I, I yeah. like that. Like, in a couple minutes, though, I'm, yeah, uh, Fissure opened up. Like, this breach opened up. Kaiju came out. We couldn't kill it with normal weapons. We built giant robots. We stopped building giant robots. Now there's a wall. Now we're building walls. But bam. Yeah. yeah, they jump right into it. They build yeah. that world so fast. Because other movies would have spent a half hour on that. And I'm like, let's get to the fireworks factory. Yep. Come on. Like a DC movie. They would have spent three hours talking about that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't need I don't need reality in this giant fucking robot fighting giant fucking yeah. monsters no. movie. Let's just get in. And that's what's great because it, we're coming towards the end of their war, right? Where mm-hmm. now they're trying to build the wall. So the, we're like skipping all of the what would, you know, if they made this movie now, you'd get the prequel that we discussed, right? Which would be fun. Right. 
But, like, it's even better because we're dropped in the middle of it. So the robots yeah. already exist. The monsters yes. have been destroying cities. We have this awesome system figured out. So now just enjoy it from here on out. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like if Del Toro was watching this film, this is what he would have fast forwarded to to this point. Like, I felt like he's like, don't worry, I'll fast forward for you. Yeah. I'm going to give you the only the, all, the, the good bits version of this film that I made. It's all Here's good bits. Here's the cliff notes. And now right. have fun. Right. Now yeah, we can get like, to the good stuff. I was like, thanks, buddy. You understand. Because he's giddy about this stuff. And you can tell. He loves all of this. And it's it's all on the screen. How much like this detail of of this world, you know? And how much care was put into the des- to the design of both the Jaegers and the Kaiju. Like, you can tell, like... They don't look like anything else. You can, there's a part of them that's like, oh, I, I get it. Like, this, I've seen kind of maybe, but yet they're so unique too. Like, you can tell different thought was put into, and they all look different. Like, every Jaeger has that whole, um, like, oh, is it us? Uh, 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 Cherno, um, Alpha? Cherno Alpha. Cherno, that's the, it. Yeah. It's the Rock'em Sock'em robot Russians. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's nuclear, so it literally has like a like smokestack as a head. I just oh, thought yeah. that was such a cute design so cool. thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, that's the one. It yeah. looks. <laughs> I was like, oh, and each one has that kind of, you know. I love yeah. that Crimson Typhoon has three arms because it's the Gatlin brothers. Oh. They're just in there, and then when they start slicing and dicing, just yeah. Love it. So oh. <clears throat> and it's great because it really, I, oh, uh, you know, I noticed more of a contrast with uh, another giant robot series transformers where i find those so hard to follow Mm. action wise because so much looks the same but in pacific rim i found it so easy to follow because there's such distinct characteristics in the design work um where you can tell there's a lot it felt like there was a lot more love put into the design and the individuality of these characters and their mechas where it's not just like we made giant robots on screen isn't this cool also you have no idea what's actually happening though yeah. I, I saw a video uh, it was uh, a youtube from uh, film joy channel which i've mentioned before did a whole thing on pacific rim and one of the things that was brought up is and you can tell the difference between pacific rim and its sequel pacific rim all the cameras even though they're virtual cameras for like the fights are put where a camera could be yeah. Either on a helicopter or on a platform, but all the cameras, like this is where an actual camera would be, as opposed to the sequel where sometimes it's a little more like a video game where the camera is going around. Now those are different choices, but I think that that adds to how I can read the action well because I know what cinematic language is, I know what cinematic fights look like, and this was filmed in a way that was very understandable. So I yeah, I I, I truly appreciate being able to track these gorgeously choreographed weird fights if I, if I remember right that same interview where i was talking about the the giant fucking monsters versus giant fucking robots uh conversation he was talking about how he and travis beecham and and whoever the the effects artists are and i, I will put it in the notes or, or look it up that probably would have been something to prepare with but you know I did, and I, I can't remember right um, now. I mean, it was Industrial Light and Magic was the big one that did it. That's but. what the notes are for. I'll write that down. But they had the the practical artists out there building, like, maquettes of the Jaegers, even though they knew that some would be CGI or, like, 
you know, and, and same with the kaiju. So they'd go out and, okay. and essentially play action figures with the maquettes Aww. to figure out what they were going to do and how to change them to make them look cooler and that. And you can oh. feel that love in, in the creatures because he's like, you know, I'd go outside and go like, oh, the hammerhead guy. Yeah, you got to do this, this and this with the hammerhead guy. <laughs> and Guillermo yeah. del Toro lights up like like he's 12 yeah. again talking about going yeah. in his garage and playing with the little and i'm like you feel every little bit of that in this movie like this is him just going out to the garage and playing with toys you know except it's 120 million dollars and everything's exploding at once it's so good it's everything that's in your head when you're playing those <laughs> games on screen yeah. it's, it, i love it yeah and you can tell i mean this movie looks really good like it looks so good and it's not just the design work but it's his use of practical effects uh, mm-hmm. It was so interesting listening to him talk about how he created the rig for the inside of the Jaegers and how they're like four stories high. They can drop 15 feet. You know, the easy way to strap in the, the pilots would have been just to do the green screen right on their hands and feet. But he wanted to make it look and feel like there was resistance there. And it works because... Hi. You can tell those Jaeger pilots when they're done for the day, they go do the Stairmaster for three hours straight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. there's that, and it just feels really real. And it's because it is. And then they're just getting water shot at them. But, like, the fact that they let him do that, and he did do that, is something else. Because <laughs> you feel like anything now would just be all CGI. Yeah. Like, like my, one of my favorite moments is like when our main Jaeger danger is in, in the uh, uh, was it Tokyo where they're having like uh, the fight Hong with Kong? like the two. That was it. Okay, yeah. it was on a coast, right? And like it's in the city, and it picks up shipping containers and uses them like a freaking roll of nickels to punch. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> I, that was beautiful. I'm like that. That is contextual. That is like, oh yeah. I would you reach down and find something on the ground, but you're in a giant robot. What would that look like? But it was that little moment where, like, all of a so sudden, like, good. I giggled. I was like, Mwah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So what, like, uh, brackets, like fighting style, right? You yeah. just gotta use. You can use. He's scrappy. Right. So you're here. Yeah. All you get is the your surroundings and whatever you can pick yeah. up. <laughs> and, and then that, that that whole idea of like, so these are also personalized robots. Like they are so much the personality of their um, pilots, which then like allows you to like extra connect to them. Like, oh look, they each have their own like fighting styles because they're all different people with different relationships. Which <sighs> I wish we got to spend. Which the movie is two hours. It feels like two hours. I mean, it moves relatively quickly, but. I am sad that we didn't get to spend more time fleshing out the other pilots because yeah. they yeah. seem very interesting, you know, yeah. in their own way. So, but I mean, we get a lot. It's good character design where you want to know more. Yeah. You know, That's they could have just been like other, uh, other pilots. But you're like, no, what about those? T- what about the blonde people? What about the, the yeah. what do they do? <laughs> you know, I, I, I could watch a whole nother movie about them, but I'd rather wonder more than be overexplained. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we, I mean, surprisingly, Again, what is, they haven't what jumped into like, a Pacific Rim universe uh, <laughs> like every other oh, series, well. which is fine. Like, let's right. leave it to curiosity. Let's leave it to fanfic. <laughs> let's just. I will say, set though, this like, aside. it's something so, like, I agree with that, but also in its own way, it's like something that I think could carry on more. It doesn't need to be yeah. excessive, but it's mm-hmm. something that's new. Right. You know, it's not. 
our 50 millionth other movie in the same universe and whatever, yeah. you know? So it right. is something unique. And we need more of that. If, and I think it'd be interesting if we did it like in a different medium. Like if they did like that other animated series or like a manga or a graphic novel series or a comics, I think they could find ways to continue it in interesting or ways. a Wes Anderson stop motion animation <laughs> one. <laughs> I think you just it would be reverse about them being a family together. Yeah. And there's a bad father, but oh then they God. all learn to get you know, oh, it'd be great. You, you just reverse engineered Thunderbirds. That's, oh that's my God. <laughs> that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> Crack that code. Yeah. Nah. yeah. But I would totally watch it. And tomorrow morning, if I woke up and Guillermo del Toro was like, I'm making Pacific Rim 3, I'm going to line up with the theater now because I would love to see him make another one. Yes. Also, yeah. full disclosure, I would totally go watch as many as they make. Like, yeah, yeah. I think because of what happened in the second one, it completely shot his plans in the face. Yeah, because yeah. Mako mm. was supposed to be the lead in the second one. It was supposed uh, to involve time travel, and basically, oh no, that'd be great. Yeah, that's just established. And like, because you know, he's always about bigger, grander themes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically supposed to be humans from the future created kaiju to go back in time to terraform the earth for humans. So, uh, yeah, uh... <laughs> kind of makes sense based on the whole predecessor oh. thing and all that. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, now that that makes yeah, sense. I buy that. Sets that oh, up. Holy. I think she's just like the character I, w- I was most curious about going forward because, yeah. You know, like, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, she's she's his daughter. So she's been caring. And also she's like, you know, she has this like, you know, trauma. And then how do you br- that would be super interesting to explore. Yep. I mean, and like she was such a great character that there's literally a cinematic test named after her character. The oh. Mako Mori test came from Mako Mori in uh, Pacific Rim, which is amazing and i and i like, never really made that connection before because i've heard it tossed around um the bechdel test and the mako mori test but i never made the connection that it's from pacific Rim, which is crazy so yeah we should have had a lot more mako yeah i agree so good she and i was happy because you know normally in movies like this she would serve bracket completely and she had her mm-hmm. full complete story arc yeah. her yeah. own personality she stands up to him like yeah. when he keeps saying like you know you should stand up for yourself and she keeps saying no it's it's about respect mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's about respecting him you don't understand what's happening here <laughs> and yeah. I no absolutely yeah the only downside is the Asian stereotype with the the blue hair. Strife. The blue hair. I was going to say. The only <laughs> negative. The only negative. Everything else. Oh, out of 10. I, I remember I saw a list. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. What is this? So many. Where is this coming from? I <laughs> don't know the source of it, but yeah. I would I'm like sure, to, to know. I'm sure someone's done the study because I'm like, yeah. yeah. This isn't just like a moment that happened all at once. There has. Anyway, I that sounds like a rabbit hole. I will go down later. Yeah. You know, but, like, what yes. the. Other than that, she's a 10 out of 10. Wish we had more of her. She's yeah, she's so, a great so character. Good. Yeah, and the actress. Um, uh, Rinko she Gold. was Rinko Kukuri. Yeah, I think I'm saying her name Kikuchi. wrong. Yeah, Rinko Kikuchi. Yeah. Kikuchi. Um, so good in the role. Um, like she em- embraced the character so well, where there was so much built-in trauma to her character that 
she she played so well that could have been like that such a throwaway thing or so overly dramatic for the character that it's so all-consuming but she takes it and channels it into killing a giant fucking monster and it's great it's like get a girl you know what i like i like therapy that ends uh with a space fight with a Mm -hmm. yeager sword i felt like there you go that's when you're like i'm living my best life catharsis yeah right in space and i just it makes me so happy when she's like we have a sword and then like the little logo on the display like turns around and it says sword and i'm like this is everything i want right now and i need that sticker like for the back of my car that was her like her main part of like you know the personality of Jaeger. The sword is her. <laughs> yes. You know? She is you know? the sword. Direct and yeah. like <laughs> and, and not fuck withable. Yeah. <laughs> not in the least bit. <laughs> this ends a conversation. We're done. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on the sword. So we're done here. Yeah. Uh space fight. He didn't have to go that hard. He didn't have to take part of the, the fight out of our atmosphere. But he did. <laughs> this fight is for Earth, but also we're going to go up into space real quick. Right. And, Not for too long. And, yeah. And then all the way back down to the ocean and past the ocean into another dimension. Like, yeah. right. oh, that's that's, that's the, the part. fight screen of a video game. What's next? <laughs> Man. That's the part. This, yeah, this also I feel like inspired Elden Ring because everything is everywhere all at once. You're just in space, in in the the, yes. the great abyss. You're underwater. Yes. You're tearing yes. up Hong Kong and Tokyo. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. It's everywhere, yeah. and it's great. Everything's getting blown up. Everything is is so satisfying. There's a reason <laughs> for it. Yeah, it's not just let's. And look. then, and then Ron Perlman shows up, and I'm like, there we go. <sighs> There we go. Have my movie shoes. I want his my- dress shoes so <laughs> bad. Because oh, I'm like waiting for it. I'm like, he's coming. I know he's coming, Del Toro. I can't wait. I can't wait. He's so good. <laughs> Ron Perlman. He's so good at this. Not that and he's not I, the MVP of everything that he's in, but this one, oh boy. Oh. Uh, uh, so he's just, uh, I love him so much. He's so good. Like, yeah. How Gary, Gary Marshall had Hector Alessandro as his good luck charm. Thus, Guillermo del Toro has Ron Perlman. Yeah. I love I love directors that have like good luck charm actors. Like you're in everything I do, no matter what. Yeah, come on, buddy. And I'm like, yes. For, he feels nah. like he lives in Del Toro's world. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this makes sense. Ron Perlman is from Del Toro's world, and he's been birthed into our reality, and we're lucky for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just blessed that these timelines yeah. somehow lined up in a way that yeah. I don't understand. And I don't need to. Because Del Toro will make a movie about it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh no, the Ron Perlmaning. The Ron- <laughs> he came through a breach. With those hey. shoes. Uh, he still got the shoes. Those full I, I read he kept oh. the shoes after oh, hell yeah. making, and then at one point. <laughs> His wife melted them down to make what? herself a pair of heels. <laughs> wow, what a power move. I was Holy like, shit. And I kept reading it and I was like, it doesn't say ex-wife anywhere. Like I kept right. thinking like she somehow got them like in a yeah. divorce. But I was like, oh no, it's just your, you had your wife make a pair of heels. <laughs> As Maybe they don't shoes. have enough money to do it themselves. Right. Okay, whatever. No, listen, yeah. as long as she's happy and he's happy. Yeah. Maybe that's how also- their relationship works. Yeah, maybe you get X number of years. Mine is yours, shoes. and what's yours is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and 
mean, he melted something of hers. We'll just never know. Yeah, That's maybe it's true. better that way. Yeah, no, I, I, my brain could not handle that. I'm not drift compatible with Ron Perlman's <laughs> life. It would How fry no my brain hard, and I know it. I feel like I've spent all week talking about Ron Perlman because we were just talking about Nick Cage movies, and I was talking about Season of the Witch, which is one we should maybe oh, do at I some seen point. That one? Season I of the Witch is the, the Black Plague movie. Where uh, oh, oh, I know. I've seen clips of it, but not the whole thing, yeah. I think. Nick, Nick Cage and uh, Ron Perlman play two knights who uh, have to go and find the witch, who is actually the, the witch that came up with the curse that became the Black Plague. And they're trying to take her to... <laughs> Um, to eliminate her to to get rid of the Black Plague. Um, Nick Cage is in and out of both an English and Germanic accent and then just Nick Cage accent. Oh, that makes sense. The best. Ron Perlman is so from happy. Brooklyn the entire goddamn time. Um, yeah. And yet he probably looks like he's from that time and Nick Cage looks like Nick Cage. Now, yeah. The other yeah. fun part about Ron Perlman. down for both of those things. The other fun part about Ron Perlman in this movie is that he spends about 75% of the time just shooting it down the barrel. He's absolutely just breaking the fourth wall the entire movie. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Are you going to ask yeah. me to stop? And the director was like, absolutely not. Most of it is like, just... No, I'm too scared to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, keep going. You're doing great, Ron. <laughs> just the look on his face. Can you believe this shit? I'm in fucking Romania again. It's just like the entire movie is just him. <laughs> Is it like a vlog, basically? Yeah. Of <laughs> it's, it's Ron Perlman. Oh, he probably had his favorite yeah. places there. Yeah, like he knows Romania at this point. It just just pissed off. He's in a, yeah. a suit of armor, standing next to, uh. next to Nicolas Cage in the Rolodex of accents. Um, it's it, it's Chef's kiss. It's great. You, yeah, it's I love it. and then this, which Hannibal Chow is maybe my favorite character in the movie. Oh, another so, great sorry, name. Newt. Shit. They're all good. It's, it's one They're of my favorite lines in the movie when Newton asks him how he got the name. He's like, it's my favorite historical figure in my second favorite Chinese restaurant in Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I mean, how ridiculous was that line? He's just so but absurd. so perfect <laughs> for this insane the, character run for a month. It's the character right there. You're like, oh, I get him. I get him now. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're not just eccentric. You're also insane. <laughs> This is a movie. If if this had been made twenty years earlier, that would have been Tom Waits. Like it's that character. Oh my god! Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. You remember like the Tom Waits Mystery Men run that he did? Like those two or three movies he did. He did, yeah. did like, he was just like Mystery Men yeah. and then like four Jim Jarmusch movies. <laughs> you know what? You got to you got to keep it. You know, you got to mix it up. You got to yeah. mix it up. You know, you can't do art all the time. Yeah, I feel like if this came out, pay the bills. if this came out in '96, it would have been Tom Waits. But we got Ron Perlman. And I feel like we're better it, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we had Ron Perlman. God, God, he was so crazy in this. Talking all that shit at that kaiju, throwing the the butterfly knife at it. <laughs> oh my God. Only to get eaten. Just get gets at. That's how he wants. That's get what he wants. Yep. And he's fine anyways. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And he's fine, and he's just looking out. for his shoe. You think, think he only had one butterfly knife in there? No. Yeah. The man, I feel like if he opened his coat pockets, it would just be full yeah. of knives. Yeah. He, he just needed to have that experience. He's like, what's one thing I haven't done on this earth yet? You know, beep, yeets himself into a mouth. <laughs> it's eaten by a kaiju. And he, he does yeah. look like a man who's just made of butterfly knives. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, but look at me, like maybe like entirely. Yeah, he just clicks his shoe together, and then there's more (laughs) knives. You know, he's got knives everywhere. KP, I was just about to say knives on the the toes of those shoes. (laughs) I'm sure he has a garter knife. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Probably. It's yeah. the jock knife that's worrisome. But he just <laughs> <laughs> moved too quickly and we're all in trouble. Yeah. <sighs> he likes to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a very sound reason why he would do that. I'm sure he would oh. have a story to reveal. Well, he us would. With. Yeah. yeah. The that's one true. time he didn't and he barely escaped with his life. Yeah. It was at Chow's. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a poker game gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was a strip poker game gone wrong. <laughs> Thank you for strong noodles there. He was able to like whip his way out, but too close. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Hey, yep. We, we wrote another story. There it is. We yeah. got this. Now see, now I feel like Hannibal Chow is a perfect character to get their own HBO Max series. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to see him go on a weekly oh. adventure, tracking down obscure relics. It's a, it's a black market and... kaiju nonsense where he's got to beat everyone yeah. to it. Like, it's oh. a little bit of a prequel, right? So it's just how did yeah. he build his dynasty? Because, you know, how do you Pacific do Pacific Rim, black market. I love yeah, it. I would oh, watch shit, the shit out of that. <laughs> this is why he And the tie-in a... merchandise? Yeah. The energy drink that would be themed to that? Oh. Like kaiju penal gland, the drink? <laughs> <laughs> If you thought that Coke Stardust stuff was weird. Uh, Right? He's just peddling snake oil. Move over, Uh, Goop. Right? (laughs) Look out, Goop. Here comes Chow. Oh, my God. And then it ends with a knife fight between Hannibal Chow and Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, I I love it. You think I'm not ready, Hannibal? I've been waiting for this day. (laughs) I'm picturing training, okay? And then she actually conjures the Iron Man suit, and then it's over. Yeah. If she throws a a jade egg at you, just duck. Duck. (laughs) Quick as you can. Quick. Quick as you can. I just keep thinking. (laughs) Oh, no. Now we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving, folks. Very, very specific <laughs> reference. I don't know if anybody will get it. Maybe Meg. All I think of is like the last 15 minutes of Switchblade Sisters in this knife fight. That's all I can think of is Ron Perlman. Oh, and, yeah, man. We got to make this Gwyneth happen. Paltrow in Switchblade Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This Which, is all good. Yeah. But by the way, Dan, KP, have you seen Switchblade Sisters yet? I have I, not. But, no. Um, also make it a note. My list. Boy, howdy is that a movie. It's from it's from 1974, so don't don't like. Tells me everything I need yeah. to know. Don't, Excellent. Don't Even more excited figure, now. No, the name itself said yeah. this was made in the 70s. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pulling up my letterboxed list right now. <laughs> <Pop it> right <laughs> there. <laughs> yep. No, it said we are going to have breaths everywhere unnecessarily. There will probably be a rape scene, but there will be so many knife fights that you will just have the time of your life. You will forget the crunchy bits, and it will be worth it. You want to know what? You've just completely nailed it. The soundtrack is fantastic, too. Yep. See? Um, do it. 10 out yeah. of 10. Yep. 74? It's good. Switchblade the Sisters. Jack Roy Hill. The poster that just came up on Letterboxd is out <laughs> I can't wait. I love that movie so much. That's one I, I feel like 
Th- that would be one that we'd have to do as an after dark like Patreon episode. That one there's there's a lot of there's a lot of waiting through stuff in that movie, but boy is it fun. Oh 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 yeah. It, it, it's the one just where like have the fast yeah. forward button handy. Yeah. yeah. Like the good bits are good. History is history. Yeah. We can't ignore the shit that the bad shit that happened in exploitation films. But I can still celebrate the good stuff. You know, like it's um like we're like a recycler. Exactly. Yeah. Like take all the good parts. Now, don't worry about that. But this part's pretty cool. This yeah. part still works. There, there's a there, There's about sixty-five minutes out of eighty that I would stand by. That might be a high yeah. estimate. Um, we'll call it fifty-five. Plus or minus ten minutes. I'll give you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that works. It's Listen, all. It's I'm all. Excited. Sun shutter. Yeah. It's all this very tongue-in-cheek in seventies. So it's not like you know. It, it's not <laughs> like any, the hills have eyes. Any time a character has an eye patch. Yeah. You're in for a good oh. time. Heck Always yes. in, yeah, yeah. An eye patch, a, a, a chain whip belt. Huh. Well, you know. Speak. Speaking of chain whip, anything. Chain sword. Yeah. Listen, I was hoping that they were gonna go like and actually have the sword be a whip. I don't know if you've ever played Soul Calibur, but yeah. like Ivy. So my brain went to that first. Slightly disappointed that didn't happen, which is fine because I mean, other than that, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just the way it just oh god, so satisfying. That that's all I can say about this movie. It's so satisfying, every bit of it. Like, it, yeah, it is satisfying. Like it's and I you know in rewatching it, I uh, my appreciation for the dialogue grew this this time through because um, I feel like I remember the first time watching it and I was like, woof, this script, but. It feels now. It feels like such an homage to sci-fi B movies yeah. in the way the dialogue is written and the way the actors deliver it. Where I was like, oh, I feel like now that I'm, I've seen this a couple times and now that I've grown in years, uh, that I <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that 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 it is more of an homage and not yeah. just. Yeah, there's no writing. irony. No. There's no irony yeah. here. It's being so very like honest that sometimes mm-hmm. I think we read it as something else. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and I think like Matt said before, where like this looks like an anime come to life. Life, the dialogue feels like it came right out of an anime translation, and it it it's so correct for this movie. Yeah, I would say like piggybacking off of that definitely translation right how some of mm-hmm. like the structure of some of the sentences mm. definitely feel or even where things are placed right so uh and i thought i wrote it down i apparently did not but what <laughs> stuck out to me was oh when they're at the end right and so it's mako and um and you know what was it Pentecost is like about to die and he dramatically says like you can always find me in the drift right and so that should be a moment where like we pause because that's huge and then it immediately cuts to bracket just being like okay uh and repeating the plot point like he just repeats what we we're a nuclear bomb and so we gotta go we're a Jaeger bomb so we're gonna go bomb we're gonna go Jaeger bomb kaiju <laughs> and I'm like there you go she just lost her mentor so like just like but you know it is something where it feels like <laughs> that emotional moment was like mm, just let it linger a little bit because it is a really good line you'll always like buy me in the drift but that yeah. just this idiot he's a himbo <laughs> right. you know what though yeah. i love him and i will wax poetic about it because i wrote several notes 
we love a himbo and his very capable better half because yeah. it's giving mummy <laughs> vibes. It's giving the mummy oh vibes. Oh, yeah. So this is a great segue because I was actually just going to ask, how do we feel about Charlie Hunnam? Because I feel like part of the issue with the dialogue that it's coming out of Charlie Hunnam's face. And it's very... <laughs> Like the the himbo, well, like he's just. I don't think it's anything like earth shattering, but like no. he's a simple himbo who lost his brother. So I, you know, yeah, it, it, it almost kind kind of works as like you know how sometimes you have a main character who's kind of a blank slate, but allows you to slip into it. Mm. I don't know how purposeful that was, but there is something kind of like there's not as an insult, but there's no. not a whole lot to his character. I mean, he lost his brother. And then he's just kind of this generalized, like, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm better now. And not in a bad way, just like a very simple, like, okay, I get those beats. And every other character can be um, much more complex. Uh, idios- yeah, yeah, idiosyncratic. And he it's almost like a, a character gives everybody else room to breathe, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And he does, he does real good at that. He's just like, he's there. I don't forget he's there. He's, he's just like that comforting white noise. I enjoy that you pretty much just said he is the protagonist of a Call of Duty game. Okay. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, yeah. Pre- it's, it, Char- Charlie yeah, Hunnam in this film is press F to pay respects. <laughs> <laughs> Going on his resume. But yeah, I, 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 but again, I think, you know, his, his, his character doesn't have the same depth as the other ones where you're kind of, again, that kind of jumping right into the world yeah, and you jump right into losing his brother at the, at the get go. Um, but then there's no like emotional breakthrough for him to come back. Like he just comes back and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And they're like, you're going to get in the robot again. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And he doesn't he actually just, like learn. Right. Because yeah. There's no I growth can... for him. There's no, I mean, he did what he was told, so maybe yeah. that was yes. the bookend there, right? Oh, because okay. he spent the whole movie not doing what he was supposed to be told, and then he yelled at Mako what needed to be done, and then they did it. So. Well, I mean, here's true. the thing. Yeah. Idris asked him to come back, so, like, what's he going to say no to him? Like, no one had. That's asking too much of anyone. Idris is like, do you want to die here? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or do you want to die yeah. in a Jaeger? That <laughs> was li- amazing. Yeah. And, and you get to like, listen to me. I'm like, oh my god, yes. Yeah, what? and also, like, if Idris Elba showed up at my workplace right? and was like, yeah. do you want to die in a giant robot? I'd be like, yep, I'll go wherever you're, you yeah, tell me to. You're turning all of your co-workers yes, and you're like, he's here for me. Like, <laughs> I, Did you like that? He's here. Yeah. Idris Elba is here to see me. So bye. I'm going to yeah. yeah. go get a giant robot, I guess. I don't know what that is, but it's fine. I don't care. I'm down for it. Anyway. Yeah. Not, not for nothing, Dan. Uh, if, if he said, do you want to go die in a Toyota Prius with me? I'd be like, yeah, all right, cool. Also a valid point. Because it's Idris Elba. Yeah. It's, I like yep. how we all make I don't make the rules, decisions. but. Yeah. yeah. No. I don't know how you could. The the anecdote I saw about Idris Elba, by the way, I don't know if anybody else saw it, was the Jaeger suits that they had to wear. Did anybody see this whole thing with the Jaeger suits mm-hmm. where yeah. they were miserable to wear and way too hot? But like the other guys got used to it because they'd been wearing it and, and 
Rico Kikuchi. Oh, the whole movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So he's all oh, makes sense. And he only had appeared at the end. Yeah. So he got out of that and he was green. Like he wanted to barf oh. everywhere. He's, it looked like he lost well, like now. 20 Whoa. pounds. And, and the Australian dude was like, somebody we should go take care of Idris because he, he looks ill. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Those Guillermo were no del Toro fun. described it as a torture device, like what yeah. he created. Because it's it's shaking, it's throwing them back, it's dropping like Tower of Terror style, and then they're shooting two hundred gallons of water at them, That's... and they're like having to move everything. So, it one hundred percent not surprised that that he was a little green around the gills. Yeah. So. and also put him yeah, in that... a stormtrooper suit at the same time, which couldn't be cool. Yeah, those yeah. looked very uncomfortable. I mean, everyone looked great, but oh, it looked very uncomfortable. like from a movie perspective, cool it looked fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> appreciative however the running theme of this anomaly season though is directors either purposefully oh, no. or inadvertently torturing yeah. their right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you're a little green on the grills that's what the color corrections for we got yeah. this <laughs> just keep going you're gonna glow healthy add more sci-fi lighting yeah. it's fine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make me look good <laughs> <We're a> trash <laughs> can. <laughs> so, speaking of getting thrown around, are we all aware that there's a dark ride for Pacific Rim out there? What? At an amusement park? Where? In what Indonesia. Oh. Yeah. Random. So, are you like trapped in like a pilot and then you're like kaiju kind of? It is. Let's see. It's called. Pacific Rim Shatter Dome Strike. Um, oh. It's a 20-minute ride. Puts you face-to-face with three deadly kaijus debuting within the ride. Um, and the first Mark 7 Jaeger, the Storm Garuda. Yeah, so you hop in the the Jaeger and fight three different, um, three different kaiju. And you get to walk around the Shatter Dome. Oh, my God. How dope does that That's sound? That's crazy. Yeah. It's- I almost want to ride that as much as I wish I could have uh, ridden. There was a Gremlins ride. It was in two different parks, including Germany. Check this out. The Germany ride, the host of the ride was Elf. Yes, A-L-F. So, so, Elf, like there's an animatronic Elf, and then you'd go through, and there'd be animatronic Elf and animatronic Gremlins destroying things. This sounds like the greatest thing ever to 10-year-old me. The other one, and I don't know where it was, had Beetlejuice as the host, I don't know what the difference is. I don't what know why, the... like, what sort of cultural difference yeah, what's the like, between Beetlejuice and Elf. I mean, I want to ride both of them for different reasons. Right? But, and I love that neither footage. makes any sense. There's footage on YouTube. Ooh, uh, it's, yeah. I have a lot of FOMO on this because, oh That's my God. Right? I'm like, what, what's the cultural thing that made this exist? I don't know. I don't care. I'm just glad for a, a little bit, for a shining moment, it existed. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That's still open, and I kind of want to go. Wait, what? The, oh, not the not the Pacific Gremlin ride. ride. The Gremlin ride, maybe, but the Pacific Rim Road ride, definitely. <gasps> okay, so we're not going to misappropriate anomaly funds, but if we were going to misappropriate anomaly funds, <laughs> that would be the way to do it. <laughs> right. So everyone, everyone, I'm going to need some donations for purposes. It's to build a our research own trip. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> we will travel like Indonesia in our own Jaeger. Just like our pierogi trebuchet. We, it's we'll happening. Wait, yes! wait. They, 
What wasn't Pierogi Trebuchet the Polish Jaeger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. god damn it. <laughs> that's good Uh, that is good that is good Uh, well now I'm excited for a third movie (laughs) the anomaly Jaeger is pierogi trebuchet pierogi trebuchet and diarrhea touchdown are in action in Pacific Rim 3 oh shit Holy crap! <laughs> so uh, let, let's uh, let's give <laughs> Matt Turk a moment in the sun and, and talk about the music for a minute. Ramin Jawadi did the uh, the score for this, um, and that is one of the best riffs on the face of the planet. By the way, that the the Pacific Rim theme riff, I would run through a wall to that. Um, it's so good. <laughs> you would run through the wall God. like a kaiju. Yeah. Set loose in Australia. Yeah. I was watching it last night and it was on and, and Kara heard it through the wall, which will tell you. Uh, she's like, you're watching Pacific Rim. I, I love that song. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking great. Ruby's it's Juwadi great. Rules. It's really great. And I'm pretty uh, sure. I also didn't know that he also did Iron, the first Iron Man. Yeah. It's like, well, that's so random. Um, Iron Man and, and Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, good for you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great, and it again, it's one of those. That I feel like it it meshes so well with everything else in the movie. It does. Um, where it just it, helps it all build the world. Yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, oh, now there's music where it's all Del Toro got everybody to link together. It's like they all got in one giant Jaeger and made a movie. They were all drift compatible and made a movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just, I I just see it. a Jaeger with like a little clapboard. <laughs> and it's like one of those like old fashioned, like, you know, uh, amplifying cones. The- and <laughs> and it's its own chair. It's just very big. But it's a director's <laughs> chair. Yay! A gigantic titanium reinforced director's yes. chair. Uh, uh, I want to see this movie. <laughs> the Jaeger directed movie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> He's like, oh, just got to move this building around. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's like a bug's life, but it's just shot from the human perspective. So it's just like little things running around. Yeah, see? Yeah. There's a tricky I'm a beautiful for butterfly. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, that line <laughs> makes me so happy all the time. It's just, I love that movie so much. Um Speaking speaking of human sized in in Pacific Rim, the uh, I was reading that the the scene when uh, Mako and uh, Bracket are fighting for the first time, and they're they're in the city, and they punch through the building, uh, like an office building. You know, like he punches through and goes to the uh, Newton's cradle thing. They sh- that was all miniatures that they said they built a miniature office oh and like put like a green battering ram that went through it and oh. then they just replaced it with the fist and i was like i love that you made a miniature of an office yeah. and they're like they did like two scale lighting for it and i was like 
Oh my god. Wait, Carol so Del Toro is such a nerd, and I love he it. Because like, that scene was like 15 seconds long. <laughs> this is going to be a stupid I question. Was the Newton's Cradle miniature too? I would, I, right? Because they did. I was like, is that also a miniature? Because that would be really impressive. Because I um, know, as someone who has no comprehension of physics, I don't know like how they even really work or if that would be possible at that size. But I hope it is. Yeah, you're just transferring Adam G. Yeah. That's all it is. Exactly. As a similar you, kind Mr. of Burke. nerd. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I, I would be it. remiss. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Burke. I not thank my physics teacher from high school. Uh, I, I, I did it. I used it. I used the info. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Snyder, my, my physics teacher who ended up going out to California to follow Mickey Hart around for a while. So there's that. Um, uh, Mr. Burke still teaches at Bishop Carney. He's an MVP, that guy. That's he awesome. wrote yeah. his own textbooks for both chemistry and physics, like in a binder, oh and he would just buy it. Wow. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Yeah. That man's a badass. One time, oh. he, because this was, what, 2006, 2007, he had a Razor phone, and he goes, do you think I want this phone? The only reason I have this phone is because it's like Star Trek. And about two weeks later, his phone rang during class, which never happened, and he just picks it up, and he's like, Hello, Spock, is that you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Amazing. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. It's peak nerd energy yes. and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. That rules. That's cool. Any- Anywho. Speaking of scientists, Newton Herman. Yeah, we gotta get to them. We, we, KP, we, KP, bringing us back around. The I'm bringing us back, episode. and I know, I know, oh. Megan's hyped to talk about like Newton was your favorite, right? I love or one him of your favorites. So much. Well, yeah. I love both of them together because, like, what a couple, right? Okay, you know, like you got the excited one and the grumpy, grumpy one. But oh. when it comes, but when the time comes, they work together because they understand each other really on a base level. Look, see the fanfics for me apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you know what? Let's both hook ourselves up to this thing. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, they, they made a bad decision together. And I, isn't that romance? Yeah. I just love how they just, yeah, they bicker constantly. Yeah. And then they literally have a line on the floor, you know, and one's yeah. a biologist, <laughs> the other's the mathematician. And so they oh. both are just like on opposite ends there. And you know, when Newton's just getting the guts on, he's on Urban's oh. side, he's like, no, I told you, on yours side of the room i mean there's your odd couple right there i love, I love it because so yeah biologists sam and, and diane math. but they're yeah. kaiju scientists yeah the biologists and mathematicians don't get along it's really yeah it's that whole thing Bio- yeah bi- because biology numbers is are science. hard yeah and organs are squishy it's it's science for people who don't do math is all that is yeah. is what they say <laughs> <laughs> burn yeah. <laughs> damn <laughs> maybe that's why i was so bad at biology yeah. oh my god it's all coming together now that, that was something that mr snyder <laughs> said i was to good me. at biology <laughs> me too dan terrible. I'm absolutely terrible. listen i can math i just can't do anything with accounting i can math very well but i can't do anything with finances yeah and you all know my feelings on goo. Hashtag horror goo. Exactly. I mean, biology <laughs> is basically the study of goo, whether it's in like a sack or a yes. column or like a series of small little. It's all goo. It's all goo. It's Listen, all goo. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to rock anyone's day. Yeah. But you're, you're all not. goo. You're right. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. 
Just what exactly? Giant sex Electric and goo with a skeletal system. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. Thank you. It's also a lot of good goo in this movie. There is a lot oh, of good goo. So in much this movie. goo. Oh, oh, oh my god. It's like neon goo. Yeah, it's like phosphorescent oh. goo. Oh, it's the beautiful. Best kind. It would kill me and I'd touch it anyway. I'm no going to touch it. Can't the stop shiny. Got to touch it. <laughs> Look. Ah! It's, a, it's a very Dory moment. You're like, I'm going to, I got to do it. I'm touching I got to do it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Newton Herman, I, I have a theory. Are, are they just the updated version of Dana Barrett and Louis Skolnick? No, because they, they're absolutely going to get together someday. All right. <laughs> I, my, my, my overarching theory is that Louis Skolnick and, and Newton are the same guy. Just different universes. There's, there's a very Louis Skolnick energy to Newton for me. I don't know, because here's my argument. Is is not Lewis an accountant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's numbers. Well, the- is not Newton the <laughs> biologist? This is why I said it's different universes. See, we know that. Oh, it's like an like, alternate like, right. like everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. He just went and he was like, I'm going to study Whoa. math. And right. so like no. math, like nobody's business. Right. There, there's a, a ripple in the universes and, and math guy. The, the It's like opposite far of, away, though. Right. You can see it. They're out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Very opposing corners. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just... And not to be prejudiced against math. But listen, look what I happened to the math guy. Math. He got chased by a demon dog at his own party, which was already sucking for him. Yeah. It was probably the best thing that happened to him all night was being chased by a demon dog across New York. I don't know. That party was hopping. And he got Not a, for him. He got a good deal on like, those orders. Gonna... <laughs> I mean, Gene Kasem was having a good time. But... Gene Kasem had a blast. He, he just was so unaware. He could, I'm just saying. There was a possibility, but you know. Yeah. Well, this is it. Louis Skolnick was the the uptight nerdy accountant. <laughs> Newton is the the, the tattooed yep. rock star biologist. Same See? goddamn energy. Same numbers energy. ruin everything. Uh huh. I agree. Th- thank you. Hey, Matt. Hi- high five. High five. I, I think, yeah. I think I've told, I think I've told this story Sorry, on, on the on but the I know where my allegiances lie. Yeah, well, not- no, and it's like now I'm double mathing here because <laughs> when, we, when we said last time what you know for Queen of the Damned, what vampire would we, we would be? I freaking uh, picked the count. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like, oh, universe. This, this makes sense. Holy shit! Holy shit. Oh, oh my god. Okay, yeah. I, I'm the exploding brain meme now. <laughs> dude, dude, there's a running theme here. <laughs> oh Holy <my> shit. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Huh. Bur- Anywho. Birthday or Christmas, you're totally getting a count t shirt. It's happening. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Uh, so <laughs> the good. anomaly cookie swap. Uh. <laughs> just, just gonna be purple vampire cookies for you. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to count every single one of these cookies. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Does it turn into like a Tootsie Pop thing? Is it like one, two, a three? <laughs> three bites of cookies. Yes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I went off the rails and it was my fault. Yeah, 
Welcome to the Anomaly no, no, Presents no. podcast. We only marginally talk about the movies. No, KP had to be said. It was perfection. Like, there's nothing else we can do in this podcast. That was the best button I've ever heard. That was great. Damn. <laughs> Tied it to the last episode. I love it. Shit, that was good. There, there, there's an arc to this show, if you look hard enough. Yes. Just squint real hard. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those <laughs> magic eye paintings. It's a Silva yarn wall. Wow. It all makes sense. Yeah, it's Charlie Day. Just, yes. just <laughs> frantically. Got the wall. If that is a Newton energy. <laughs> Seriously. Newton, Newton, if he started huffing at the eight, tender age of like five. Just <laughs> 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 I Charlie. Yeah. Oh, poor Charlie. Yeah. Also, yeah, right. Ma- Ma- Meg, I'd like to point out the the highbrow and lowbrow nature of what just happened. You, you picked out the artist with the uh, the yarn art, and I went with the magic eye paintings you'd buy at the mall. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a schooner. There you go. High art meets low art. It's the Anomaly Presents podcast. Yeah. Meet us somewhere in the middle. God. Oh no, we're, we're gonna in give all you- the bases. Yeah, we're gonna give you all of it yeah. hell yes why choose you can have it all with the anomaly podcast i'm so glad y'all are with me because i have taste for shit apparently um <laughs> <laughs> no 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 because we have very similar tastes man i don't like where this conversation <laughs> you're so, insulting me so, <laughs> i mean i know but i don't need to hear it <laughs> see here here's what i'm afraid of meg is that you're enjoying it on one level and i'm just enjoying it like oh monkey run fast you know what i mean that that's the part that i'm, I'm concerned you're giving with, me like. way too much credit <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh. god damn it so um i don't know what else do we want to say about pacific rim it's a gem. It, it really holds up. Not like it's been that long, but it'll be ten years yeah, next. It's only year. ten years. Oh but still. Jesus! But you... I, yeah, I mean, it does hold up, and it. Does, I mean, and it still looks great. You know, yeah. I mean, other movies yeah. from the same year don't look as good. Um, so, I mean, that really is a testament to the care that went into crafting this movie. That it, I mean, it still still fires on all its cylinders. Yeah, the characters I'm, are worthwhile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm even thinking some of its uh, what it's uh, you know inspired is the fact that the Marvel like the intergalactic yeah chunk of Marvel has that kind of neon-y look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you can see kind of a line there of uh, you know the aesthetic. No, yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a line between like the Guardians of the Galaxy aesthetic and and Pacific mm-hmm. Rim for sure. And yeah. I, Take this how you will, uh, and and this goes back to what Dan was saying about the dialogue earlier. I think also our our idea of what the dialogue has changed a little bit because we are, you know, twelve years into fifteen years into the Marvel films, which is all very similar dialogue to Pacific Rim for me at least. Mm. You know what I mean? I can it, see that. It's, it's, it's it is superheroes, not not as get as a bad thing, just no. a style, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It, it's yeah. it's kind of stilted and expositional, and you know. So I, I feel like it was kind of prescient in that that kind of way, you know, where yep. it, it starts to build that universe out. It, it's there's not a lot of subtext as far as the the dialogue is concerned, which again I don't I don't think that's a big you know 
a Marvel strong point either. You know, I'm not taking shots. It's just that's what it is. You're, you're there to watch the comic book movie, and they don't want to leave right. it on the table. You yeah, know? yeah, and I think that's the important part where it's like, I, I mean, I also don't want to watch these movies for the subtext. I right. want to watch them because they're, you know, because it's giant books. fucking um, monsters fighting giant fucking robots. Exactly. If I want some <laughs> subtext, I'll go find that category on Criterion. Right. Uh, not from my comic book movie. Right. I, I want to see yeah. giant and robots. Like, it kind of leaving it open ended lets I don't know if like you're inspired and like from a fanfic perspective like to kind of pick up what's not there and paint the picture yourself. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the things that I see in like AU's that I think is really interesting is where they say like you know the phantom drift that happens when you're not around the person anymore because if you think like oh we run the same way we're thinking the same thoughts we're so connected because we're just constantly sharing each other's like thoughts and (laughs) memories that you just even when you're not in the Jaeger you're still having those phantom feelings so I think some of that being light lets you have more fun otherwise for sure I agree with that yeah and I think that's why there's like 50 million Marvel <laughs> MCU fanfics, anything and everything, everywhere you want it. Which there's a ton of Pacific Rim Marvel ones, yeah. but I said no, thank you. I mean, fuck this. I man. just skipped right to oh. the to the Sunny and Philly ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds great. If we yeah. just want to call it on its face, that's why there's been 50 years of Marvel comics too. You know, it's that same yeah. feel. You know, and why there could be 50 years worth of Pacific Rim material if if there's any justice in the world you know i know asking for justice in the world that's a lot um (laughs) at least for pacific rim can we at least get that everything else is going to shit can we just get more pacific rim that's that's... which you know what yeah no i wrote this down because i think what did it start in about 2020 or that it was starting to happen in 2020 yancey dies in 2020 something like that right I can't remember exactly, but I wrote uh, down. 2020, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started writing down. I'm like, oh, yeah, and here's Herman calculating double event, triple events, and what hasn't the last three years been? Double events, triple, triple events. events. Sometimes you turn uh, on the news and you're like, yeah. what fresh hell? Uh-huh. All these things happened in a week or a yeah. day. or <laughs> And they don't even have the, like, respect to be kaiju. <laughs> right Man. right because yeah. at least it'd be something interesting to look at as i'm yeah. being destroyed not right. numbers yeah <laughs> a sheet of paper I, numbers i would give my right arm if it were like a giant shark coming out of the ocean and tearing up a city rather than just some mediocre white man with a supercuts haircut yeah <laughs> true yeah free us giant shark oh hail giant sh- king shark we're ready king shark yes, yes. <laughs> Whatever, whatever iteration shows up. Yes. Yeah. We'll take I'm, it. I'm in for if, any of them. Pink Shark, if it's stay puffed, I don't care. Uh, whatever form is chosen, great. <laughs> Tell them about the Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I'm like, uh, <laughs> so, I feel like that, that's a good place to stop. King Shark Otachi 2024. How about that? Um, yes. Yep. So this has been the Anomaly Presents podcast. Thank you very much for listening to all of this weird and wild conversation about Pacific Rim. Um, obviously, we love it. If you haven't seen it in a while, pick it up. If you've never seen it, I don't know why you're listening, but go correct that. Go watch it. Um, 
And, you know, we're talking about this because we have a film festival that, that shows a lot of cool movies similar to this. Not exactly this, maybe one day, but not now. Um, it's an independent genre film festival. You know, it's the best of sci-fi, action, horror, fantasy, dark comedy. Uh, what else am I missing? Indescribable. The indescribable. Thank you. The, the, the movies that, that Meg and I latch on to and, and don't let go usually. Yeah, we sneak at least one in. They can't stop us. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. if you're ever at Anomaly and you're watching a movie and it's like The Ring and it's like, oh, this is going to burn itself into my soul, guess who picked that yeah. one? Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Go find Meg after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. It's November 3rd through 6th, 2022. Two is that what year this is? I don't know any more guys. Yes. My, yep. Uh, twenty twenty two triple events are on their way. Yeah. My yeah, triple events. Oh, no. it's, <gasps> it's a whole weekend oh, no. coming in November, the weekend after Halloween in the little theater theater one. We have all sorts of devious plans for that weekend. Don't miss out. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. It <clears throat> sequels keep getting bigger and bigger year after year, right? You know, there's Jaws 1, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws 4. So we're on three now, right? How many have we done? This is the fourth one, actually, right? So what was Yeah, we're on four. Was Jaws 4 the one with Mario Van Peebles? Anyway. Oh, shit. Yes! This is the personal (laughs) revenge one. Anomaly, the revenge. God, I wish we would have thought of that before we rolled this shit out. Uh, Yeah, so this year it's Anomaly, the revenge. This is the fourth year. (laughs) Um, this time it's personal. This time it's personal. Be there because we, we the the films that we show. I'm I'm gonna give Adam a, a shout out here. The, he's our our programmer and kind of our the north star for for what we show. Oh yeah, that dude finds the best goddamn movies on the face of the planet. Um, take a look at what we showed in the past at anomalyfilmfest.com and realize that that's all the stuff that people are talking about right now on Shutter or. Uh, Amazon or in the theaters like I mean Patton Oswalt and his wife just did a whole episode of their podcast and about half of it was talking about Hellbender which was okay. one of my favorite you know how far ahead year. we were on that yeah you know how far ahead we were on that yeah Hells yeah and if you weren't there you fucked up you should have been there because now that movie yeah. that movie is a stone cold classic so yeah. don't miss out uh again November 3rd to the 6th 2022 at the Little Theater, AnomalyFilmFest.com, AnomalyFilmFest on all the social medias, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. We are still working on that uh, playlist for you. Um, what was the, the oh, hashtag? Yeah. Oh. Hashtag Horny Goth. Um, hashtag Horny Goth. We got some good choices, though, but I, there's still time. There's still, there's still time. time to like, you know, uh, have your vote counted for the horniest goth slash new metal song. We're relying on you. Yeah. And your horniness. Get, yeah, I will get my act together and compile it. So you know, the last time I looked, yeah, <laughs> last time I looked, we were around what twenty four minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. Ooh. Yeah, we can so, get hornier. I believe in us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if any film festival can do it, it's yeah. anomaly. So hashtag yeah. hashtag horny goth. Give us a couple more songs. Let us know what your stamina is, and we'll get that built in up on. <laughs> Uh, Apple Music and Spotify for your listening pleasure. Um, anything else we want to say before we go? I think I'm good. 
probably not. We've done enough. We started with diarrhea touchdown. I think it's time to, yeah. to touch down. Yeah. And just wrap it up. Well, in that case, this has been Anomaly Presents. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye. If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.